Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Furstenberg. And I'm Mark Tucker, and we are Two Voice Devs. So this week's going to be a little bit different than before. This was actually a, uh, a recording that Mark and I did of one of our working sessions. And I thought it was a really good conversation. Mark, what did you yeah, think, Mark? No, we, yeah, we definitely went in there. There, there was a, a series I had done on Twitter about uh, language model and what does it mean and, and how do I, you know, manipulate the, the language model to get the different responses that I need or make sure that I get the right input. Right. And, 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 I, and I saw that and I'm like, I, I feel like I don't have enough knowledge here to really answer Mark from my point of view. So, so we kind of agreed that we just wanted to chat about it before we actually made an episode about it. But, but that turned out to be a great conversation as we explored different things and learned definitely something new about, uh, how Google does it versus how Alexa does things. And uh, we just really hope you enjoy this uh, session and uh, that you have a great, uh, great week just doing voice dev. So here we are, our past selves, talking about uh, slots and intents. And entities and- entity And all that fun stuff, yeah. And all kinds of fun stuff. It was, and what was the topic? Oh, no, I remember what it, uh, you you talked about something and I think I said something like, I'm not even sure I understand the fundamental slot filling, slots, types. Oh, how we how we how we talk about it, how how your what your paradigm is and my paradigm is right. when it comes to slots and intents and entities. And stuff. right, 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 right. That was it. That, yeah, because I okay, feel we got like, there. Right. Yeah, because one of the one of the feelings that I always have when I am working with Alexa and talking and listening to you guys talk about it is I feel like our mental model, especially when it comes to slot filling, is just slightly different. Well, let's start with, let's start with intent and make sure that we're understanding the same terminology. So okay. an intent is something that invokes a handler you can have multiple sample utterances that would um, trigger that, or I guess map to that intent, which would trigger the handler. That's the same? It is not incorrect. Let's put it that way. All right, so how would it, you phrase it? It, it, it is, I, I, I refer to an intent purely as what the user says or does. Now, in some cases that reflects what, it, it usually reflects what they say, um. but, in dialogue flow, it can also represent a more generic event. So just starting the, the, the action triggers an intent. User, right. and the user might have said something, but we don't find out what that is. Okay, um, that's interesting. And yeah, yeah, obviously they say or do, you know, Google tell me about or Alexa open Right. Invocation phrase, right? <laughs> right. But that's what they, they, but, but we they don't say, actually, or I guess do could be a, a, an action link or a quick link, right? No? Yes. Um, and it could also be a, uh, um, an implicit invocation. Like, I want to know more about horses. Or what does it take to be an engineer? That can, in theory, trigger an action. Okay. Now, and that would, that, in, in most of those cases, that would just be a launch, right? There's not a deep link implicit 
invocation. Deep, deep links actually do go directly to a specific intent. Okay. Um, the other element to all of that, the other thing that's an event is under dialogue flow, um, certain responses are handled through events, not through, uh, not, not through the normal phrase parsing, not, not through the normal NLP sp stuff. So for example, if we've got, if we have presented a, uh, a menu or a, set of, a list of options, if the user selects one of those options, either by voice or by touching it on the phone, mm -hmm. it triggers an event. Yeah, so that's that's very similar. So if we have if we're using APL and there is something that you tap on the screen, then that does invoke an event, um, which then turns into some actionable thing. Uh, it may not be exactly the same thing as right. an intent, but yeah. Yeah, but there's the catch in Dialogflow. It is an intent, hmm. and in Actions Builder, everything is an intent. Yeah, I think I'll have to look that up since it's it's been a while since I've done um, events. Well, and in APL versus uh, the older style display templates, but yeah, there was like a selected item intent or something that would okay. like but, a very like I, a, a predefined built-in intent that got executed. Is that similar to what happens? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. So in general, I think our definitions of intents are more or less the same. Okay. Now, does um, Google have very many built-in intents, or are they? Not really. Okay. The, on the dialogue flow side, it's, on the dialogue flow side, actually, there are no predefined intents at all, or there are two intents that it gives you, and you can get rid of them if you want to, because you can define everything using events. And there are a bunch of different events. On the action side, there are currently about six or eight or so built-in intents. And I, I, I could go look it up, but. And, yeah, and so yeah, it seems like uh, Alexa has a lot more built-in intents than Google does. Um, and all right, so that, that yeah, that is uh, interesting. It's an interesting approach, and, and in some cases, you can extend an, uh, a built-in intent with additional slot values, and in some cases, I mean, um, sample utterances, but in uh, other cases, you can't. Now that's very interesting because actually, almost all of the all of the built-in intents that Google has are not utterance intents. They are event intents. So there are things like media starts playing, media stopped, or media stopped playing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, cancel, no match, no input. Oh, that's interesting. They're, they're mostly things that represent more conceptual. Oh yeah, so there, yeah, there's definitely a lot more built-in uh, intents that are extensible on the Alexa side. So besides so, the stop and the cancel, there's like help and hmm. there's all kinds of ones that, uh, that, have, that have values. Um, already. I guess I had seen some of those and I never registered that that's what those were, were, were built-in intents that you could extend. That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. And that makes sense in a lot of ways, actually. Now, how is the uh, distribution, I guess, to other countries? Is, is everything available? I know that there's certain built-in intents that aren't available in other countries. 
almost everything is available on every language. The things that aren't available would be things like the, the transaction flow. And that's only because of, you know, of, of governance limitations around transactions. They also started this, uh, this idea that there was going to be this, this whole um, series of intents, uh, like uh, they've got like books or uh, music or, or things. Um, and then there were like uh, almost like subcategories inside of that. And, and um, you know, and so actually, now that you mention it, that's interesting because Google does have this notion of um, uh, a whole bunch of different launch, basically they're launch intents. So things like, you know, play a game is a, is a special launch intent and it's got a bunch of predefined phrases that are associated with it. And that's as opposed to what's, what is the standard launch? Um, the standard launch is uh, ask so-and-so or open so-and-so. Okay. Um, but, and that's different than the play, right? Can you have both? <laughs> There's a good one actually. And that's actually a, a, a big beef with a lot of people. Play is not a standard open command, unlike in Alexa. Yeah. Play is reserved for the music streaming actions, which are partners only. I, I thought I saw that, that you could use, you know, play in, in connection with a game. No? You, you can generically say, hey, Google, I want to play a game. Cancel. But so as you just heard, you could say play a game or, you know, play a word game or something yeah. like that. And we'll pick one. <laughs> On the Alexa side, there's these uh, built-in um, intent entity types, they call them. I haven't used them very much. Um, <laughs> and a lot of them still seem to be like in developer preview for like years now. So. Yeah, well, on, on the Google side, we've got a bunch of, of similar ones where uh, they're only starting to roll out for app actions now and that play a game one. Mm -hmm. Originally they had announced like 10 or 15 of them and all of them are still in developer preview except for play a game. But they're all just launch intent. Okay. All right, so anything else we wanted to explore on intents? I think, um... I, think we've, I think we've beaten intents to death, yeah. Okay. So now slots are what Google calls entities. No. Well, okay. Keep going. Explain what you mean by that. Okay. So a slot has a specific type that okay. is associated with the slot. And you could have an intent that has, you know, zero slots, one slot, multiple slots. Um, and each slot would have a specific type. It could be, uh, either a built-in intent type, um, or um, it could be something that you generate the list of types, uh, list of, of values for. And those lists of values could have synonyms. Um, uh -huh. Okay. And so, in Alexa, it could have IDs. Okay, go ahead. So let me pause there and say that we actually do call those slots. Okay. Well, sort of. Some places we call them, hey, <laughs> hey. Some places we call them slots. Some places we call them parameters. Some places we call them parameters, but talk about slot filling. 
Okay. And so sometimes we treat slots and parameters as the same thing, and sometimes there are subtle differences between the two. And I sometimes I don't know what the differences are, but there are differences. Um, the types are what we call entity types, or and, and entity types have entities in them. So for example, I could create an entity type called color, and it would have entities of red, green, blue. And I could create a slot named my color, and it would be of entity type color. I see. Here, I'm going to log in. And I hope I didn't just totally misrepresent what we actually call them, and with my own <laughs> mental map of them. Yeah, no, it, it does get interesting because you just you kind of get to a point where it's just kind of uh, you know knowledge that you have, and and you, you know it's been a while since you've actually looked at the docs for it. I'm gonna I'm bringing up a sample skill here, and I'm trying to see. So the interma interaction model is made up of intents, and just looking to see how they define the UI. And you've got uh, a list of built-in intents and your standard intents. You've got slot types. And, uh, and slot types have slot values. Okay. So that's, that's how we define them. So I think slot types, the equivalent are entity types. Okay. And entity and slot types. Values yeah, and entity types dialog flow says calls them entity entries. Okay. <laughs> um, and similarly, we can you know you have a a primary you have what uh, a primary value and then a bunch of aliases. Right. Can you have an ID? Um, no, there is no specific ID. But what you commonly do is that the um, uh, the canonical value. You make it doesn't have to be something that is necessarily legible. Okay, so because, the canonical value is the main value, and then you would just have all the the actual, and that would be like the ID, and then all this the these synonyms would be the different right representations and, of that. Okay, right. And one of the nice things under Google's model is that whenever um, slots or parameters get resolved, you are told not just what it resolved to. But also exactly what value the user used to 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 fill that slot. Okay, yeah. So we get the same thing. Do you get um, okay? Um, do you get if it was something that was um, in bounds or out of bounds, or like in in the list of things that you defined versus it uh, matched it to it, but it wasn't explicitly in the list? A fuzzy match. Um, well, it's not really a fuzzy match. It gives you, it gives you the same okay. piece of information, just like. Um, like it was, you know, like if you had colors and, and you said yellow and yellow was in the list, it would also tell you that the place that it got it from was the list of things that you had in the list, as opposed to if you say gold and gold wasn't in the list, but it still matched to that, then you would know that that it came from yeah. from the other place. It still matched, but it wasn't. It, it calls that, Google tends to call that fuzzy matching. Okay. Um, and you can enable that or disable that for an entity, but I don't believe it actually tells you whether it used fuzzy matching or not. Okay, That's so you question. could you can restrict the list of um, entity, I guess entity values or, or entities to um, 
a, a specific list? And if you say something yes. that's not in the list, it ignores it? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because everything is, is open-ended on the Alexa side of things. It, oh, interesting. No, yeah, every, we, everything can be open-ended on the Google side, but, and I, but by default, you turn on fuzzy matching. So and so, and that's that's kind of where it gets to the, um, the so the things that you have when you're defining a um, a slot value. This is <laughs> I just love this. I think we should just uh, do the uh, two voice devs intro at the end of this and make it a session and and keep the, the cat walking back and forth in front. <laughs> so, uh, but. Uh, so when we're defining things that are going to be slots, the only things that you have control over is the list of samples that you give and the number of words that are in those samples to help train what are the types of things that this matches to. Sorry, I, I went fuzzy there. Repeat, repeat what you just said again. So, so when you're defining a list of um, slot types, or I guess it would be entities, um, or slot values and versus entities, then the only things that you have control over is the list of uh, values that you provide, as well as, I guess, the number of samples that you provide and the number of words that are in the samples. Yes, so, so when you're creating that type of entity, you're mm -hmm. providing essentially a list of possible values yes. and synonyms for them. Correct. And you can, if you wish, narrow it to just those values. So, um, yeah. So, like I say, on the Alexa side, it's always open-ended. But it seems like the more samples that you provide, the more that you're training it that this is, I don't know, it, s it seems like in some cases, I guess, depending on what those samples are, you could be closing it in on the list of things that it, it, it picks, or it could be opening it up for additional things that you didn't list um, based on the word choices and then, you know, and if you wanted to always have something that was just one word and all your samples were one word, I think it would limit the, the matching to one word where if, if you had things that were one, two and three words in there, then I think that the training would be, oh, this can handle values that uh, are answers that are one, two or three words and then you know try to match it based on on I, other things. I think some of this also goes back to the goes back to dialogue flow and and uh, action builder both have well both can have the concept of a completely open ended entity. Mm -hmm. And dialogue flow provides this as a built in one called any. And on the action builder side, it's easy to create so easy that you don't understand why they didn't do it. Um, <laughs> and I know that that's, well, let me, the last time I looked into this on the Alexa side, I know that you couldn't quite do that. You had no. the, the, what did they call it? The search field? So there's, so there's the search query, but before yeah. the search query, there was the literal. <gasps> that's right, yes. There, yeah. there was a type called the literal type and then people were overly abusing it to try to get to the full sentence of what somebody said, like Google lets you get to. And I think there was a number of issues with it. And so they tried to deprecate it once and then uh, there was a whole bunch of uproar. And so they decided to, you know, they backtracked on it. And then 
now over time they've gotten rid of it and you know they they started limiting it to only in the u.s and then now they're now it's yeah gone, I, that's okay yes i remember that now or i remember some of that now so um, what you got what you have now is there is a uh, slot type that is a um a search query and i don't know what they've trained it on uh, but i'm assuming if you're saying you know searching for something and <laughs> then uh but you know it's it's interesting in the fact that you could be searching for all kinds of things. So I don't know exactly how you would train a very general search because you, if you're on uh, IMDb, you're searching for movies, um, actors, right? But but in that and, case, wouldn't wouldn't they don't they have built-in entities for those other types? They they do. They um, you know they've got ones for for you know first names and they've got ones for full names. Um, Character names, fiction, fictional character, you know, fiction. What's names. What's interesting is Dialogflow has some of those. It used to have, you know, first names and yeah, you know, family names. Uh, and Google, when they an actions builder doesn't have those. And huh. and part of the reason why is that I think we were seeing a lot of people saying, you know, I use the first name type, but it was, you know, wasn't finding all of the names of everyone in my company how do I deal with that? And it's like, well, uh, you extend it to put in all the names of everyone in your company. And while you're doing that, why are you using first name type? So yeah, I don't think they were seeing a very, very, very effective use out of it. Yeah. So, um, Sorry, what were we just talking about before that? I think we were. I think we just finished clarifying what what oh, slot the types search and query. types are. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So search query, whatever it's it's keyed off of. You can't. Uh, so there, there's the concept of that you can have. Um, oh, I can't remember. They call it all kinds of different things. I call it like an anchor word or an anchor anchor phrase before yeah. or after. I think it's a carrier phrase. I think is the official terminology on the Alexa side. Um, so. You can have um, various, even if it's a you know a user-defined um, slot type or a built-in slot type, you can have that be part of a an um, utterance that's part of an intent, and you can have it you know at the beginning of this the phrase, in the middle, at the end, um, or you can have it as no phrase at all. It's just the slot value itself. So that would be a situation where like, you know, who do you want to call? And then you can say, instead of having to say, I want to call Ghostbusters, you know, <laughs> then you can say Ghostbusters, right? Um, so that works for, for built-in and, and uh, I guess most built-in and uh, custom slot types, but with search query, you have to have a carrier phrase. You can't yeah. not. And I think it's because it's so wide open that if you didn't have a carrier phrase, then it would just eat up everything else. Um, well, it's it's so they didn't. I mean, I think some of it is at least a, because they don't want you to just start assigning everything. Literal. Yeah, they don't want to go back down the literal road. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 totally uh, possible. That's what they're wanting to do. Um, but yeah, then it makes for some situations like um, I'm working on something and. And I want a list of uh, of nicknames, and it could be various things that aren't real names, but they could be you know nicknames. But I want it to be open, and uh, 
So I think originally I've coded it as a search query, but I think there's going to be a part, there's going to come a time when I'm going to ask a question and I, and somebody wants to answer with just the nickname and nothing else. And then the search query is not going to work. It's not going yeah. to find an intent. So I'm going to have to do something with that. But so let me ask you, so I guess kind of following on from that, are there um, session entity types? Actually, I know I know there are, and you don't call them that. You actually do it a little bit more cleverly, if I remember oh, correctly. Yeah, no, you tell me what those are, and maybe oh, we'll figure out what they so, are. <laughs> so, you can. So basically, um, in both the dialog flow and action builder, one of the things that you can do as part of fulfillment is say, add these values to this entity type for this user for this session. Okay, dynamic entities. Dynamic, okay. All right, so um, yeah, let's explore dynamic entities a little bit. <laughs> so I think the, the, the answer, the typical answer for uh, Amazon is, is that they want you to predefine all of your uh, slot types and values. Um, and they're okay. trying to make it really easy that if the only thing that you're changing is something that's in that language model, that it's going to be a quick because anytime to a language model is a certification a recertification process yeah. to do that and they've they're trying to you know provide tools and other things to help you identify when there there isn't matching to the language model and things that you can do to um, to fine-tune and tweak that and have that turned around as quickly as possible um, interesting and so, and so they so that's that's the, i think that's the approach because when it comes to dynamic entity it is very limited it's it works well in a situation where like um i don't know if uh question of the day or some other quiz game does this but you get to the point where you're right before a question because what happens is you have to return um, a directive back from a response that which means that you have to have at least one response mm -hmm. that comes back so like if you're saying, you know, and the, and the question is blah, blah, blah. At the time that you're returning that response that's asking the question, you could return back a directive that includes a list of, um, of custom um, entities. So like, so let's say it's, you know, A, B, and C, A, B, C, D is always something that's accepted. Um, but maybe you want to update it so that A maps also to you know, George Washington, if the question yeah. is about presidents or something like that. And so then the list of answers that you could answer, you can either answer by letter or by, or by name or part, by part of the name. So that's dynamic entities works really great in that situation. Or you're like, show me the lunch menu mm -hmm. and you could get the list of items that are on the lunch menu and make sure that your uh, entities exist for that. What it doesn't work for is like if you got a list of contacts and you want to and you, you want something i know well i'll tell you the limitation and then maybe because you think that that would be a perfect case right so if i'm like if i'm doing something and i want and i have access to a contact list um of people's names that are you know like, like my contact list and let's say there's 100 people in it um you would think that i would be able to then get that information and download it uh, and make dynamic entities out of it so that it's a really crisp match on something that's important to me in, in my context. But the limitation is 
that you can only have 100 dynamic entities. Well, it's not really true that you can only have 100 dynamic entities. You can only have 100 values as part of dynamic entities. So like if I have one entity value and a synonym, that counts as two. If I have two synonyms for that value, now I have three, three of my 100 quota filled and that's all I get. And pretty, fairly quickly, it, it, you, you start running out of entities to handle um, handle something well, like that's that. Well, that's not too bad. Because I mean, most of the cases where I see it, 100 is, not, is, is enough. I've, I've run into it in different situations with uh, like pre-scanning somebody's uh, yeah, inbox for um, yeah, I mean, people that are, that are you know, appointments that are coming up. And if you wanted to say, tell me about um, you know, what appointments do I have with John Smith, then um, it would have to, you know, there's just a whole bunch of different things that pretty, pretty soon, even with just a week, ahead with depending on yeah, the number of you know, calendar invites and who's invited, then you run out of spaces. Quickly. It's interesting. I, I, I quickly had to go look it up. Dialogflow doesn't give a limit on the number of session entities. Okay. Or aliases, which doesn't mean that there isn't one, but it means they don't list one. Um, <laughs> so three, three thoughts scattered around here. Um, so that was one. Two was Action Builder actually takes the notion of session entities and kind of takes it a step further in that if you're building a what they refer to as a, a list or a collection, which is a, a visual display of stuff, those have to be tied to a session entity and it has to be a session entity. Oh, that's interesting. And in fact, all that you're doing in your list is saying, um, this list consists of these items from the session entity and references them by their primary entity name. And the session entity that you send back has a way that you can visually describe that entity. So they've, they've attached the visual to the, the entity, not okay. to this visual component, which is that is interesting. Odd in some ways, but it's yeah. in other ways it's brilliant because <laughs> yeah. it's because now they're basically saying before under under dialogue flow everything was kind of special cased. So when you sent a, a that visual list, there was a special case somewhere that said, okay, here's the audio that will also trigger this visual list, and here are the audio aliases that will trigger that item on the visual list. And the result that you get back will never be an intent, or it will never be a, an, an utterance-like intent. It will never be a phrase-like intent. It right. will always be an event-based intent, just like you had pressed the button. So it was kind of saying, um, speaking is just like pressing a button in, an audio, in a voice-first world. An action builder flipped that around it now said pressing the button is just like speaking. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. So everything is, is from a, a spoken word perspective and all spoken words are handled the same. A voice first perspective. Yeah, what a concept. Um, so that was two, what was it? The third one was, and, and one of the things that I thought I saw in the announcement about dynamic 
I already forgot the name, dynamic types. What did you call them? Dynamic entities. Dynamic entities, thank you. Was that you would be able to set it on, uh, on launch. So the initial, uh, a deep link slot filling could use these entities. I haven't seen that. I'm, uh, there might've been a change. I know when I first used it that you had to have at least one response back to do that. There might be situations that you can set up now that does that because um, like we had a, a situation like uh, let's say that our skill did multiple things. And one of those was, you know, telling, say, tell me about so-and-so and that's from your contacts. If you were to launch in and the um you know and you and you get your welcome message and like you know what would you like to do kind of thing then it i guess depending on the situation it may not be there might not have been enough of time for this thing to come back this response right. to come back to then um give you the option of just saying tell me about john smith right it's kind of like you, you might have to fabricate a are you ready to get started or something yeah. like that to, well, well, to the response we'll to deal them. with some of these another that's another issue um <laughs> no i had i mean i had this issue when i was dealing with voodoo drive is that you know i want to be able to say you know hey g open uh, ask voodoo drive to open uh the file name blood pressure mm -hmm. you know and if you're already in voodoo drive i've loaded that file name as a session entity already okay. but until you get into it I don't have that information. So it's, yeah. it's, it becomes a chicken and egg problem. Right, right. And I thought Alexa handled that by having a, a kind of pre-flight event. You know, I have missed that. If that is the case, that's something I'm going to have to go back and look at uh, because it did seem like the, the, that was another limitation of dynamic entities. A, an, an additional uh, limitation would be like if you have a situation where you've got multiple slots that are part of an intent, and both of those slots are dynamic entities. They both count against that 100. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. I can see how so, that the 100 does end up being a limitation Yeah. pretty quickly. So I, I guess I can see that now, yeah. So maybe maybe it still is on the Google side, you just don't know what the number is. I'm sure, I'm sure there is a limit, I just, you know. <laughs> documented but uh, anyway well and and some of it comes back that it comes back as part of the payload coming back yeah. as on the response json and there is a limit on the number of the, like the, size, the size of that json yeah of that json coming back and i can't remember there was something i posted uh, before i don't know if it was like fifty six thousand or something like that uh, i can't remember the exact number but yeah i can't remember the number on, on my side there is yeah so some some limitation on on that and that's you know also includes our session variables that are being round tripped um, so i i guess i'm not sure why i thought slots were so different between the two because yeah, they really the, do seem very very similar yeah and so uh, you know what ends up happening on the jovo side is that there is a language like a jovo language model that is a a common um Kind of a common ap approach to doing the language model across because right now they're they use Dialogflow two for their the Google implementation of things. So what it does is it takes seems like it took a lot of what the language model looked like on Alexa and then add some extensions. So you can either just define what these um, custom slot types are and 
if you don't specify that it's different for Google versus um, Alexa, it just uses that value and then creates entities on, on the Google side and slot uh, values on the, the Alexa side. But you can go into like different slot types and say, oh, if it's Alexa, then it's going to be an Amazon dot person hmm, okay. slot type, as opposed to if it's a um, Google, it's an at sys dot person um, entity type. And uh, you can define what the different uh, built in slot types are. Um, so, that, so, so, I mean, that, that now becomes a question on Jovo, which is something I hadn't explored. It sounds like Jovo helps you create the model. Yes. So you define it in one dot model file, and then um, there's a Jovo uh, CLI. So there's a Jovo build command, and part of the Jovo build is you either specify a specific platform or you leave it open, and it does all platforms okay. that you've got defined. And there's a platforms folder that then breaks out Alexa and Google, and it breaks out those specific files. Um, so then on the like on the Google side, then you can just zip that up and overwrite your entities. On dialogue flow and your you've got yeah, it makes perfect. Model. It makes perfect sense. I just yeah. I, I hadn't <laughs> let me put it this way. It's one of those things that I had kind of been mulling over. Yeah, you know, this would be a nice, cool thing to do in the future, and I hope someone does it. So, you know, <laughs> and yeah, I hadn't so, realized so, Jobo had gotten there yet. Yeah, so Jobo's done that for years, and they just recently open sourced that. I saw the model. Open, yeah. So then you with with that, uh, I guess universal. Um, uh, JSON format then and then there's uh, the code that would be in essence what the build would be for that model and uh, you could specify that it's going to output as not only just Google and Alexa but um, Jovo does a lot of other different things now that you can have different chatbots or different uh, mm -hmm. things and so I don't know what how extensive that is but my understanding is it still would start from that same universal JSON uh, language model format, and then you could uh, output it to the different. Yeah, that, makes, uh, that makes sense. That's that's what I that's what I would expect. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess the I guess the model was a lot more similar than I expected it to be. Yeah, there's definitely some terminology differences and and uh, you know differences in because uh, it's always interesting when I when I do something I'm like okay is this going to turn out to be um, a, a slot type that uh, that Google has defined, and so I go, you know, roaming through the at sys dot, right. you know, whatevers, and try to find something. If not, then um, you know, I define it as as any, and then <laughs> I list my values, or or or, so or, or in some cases, I have to I have to say, okay, I'm going to define my type myself, even though Alexa's got one, so that it's available for both. And that actually reminds me. So, so does Alexa have the notion of a regex type, where no. you can define patterns? So that's interesting. Nope. Dialogflow only got that one relatively recently, and but Action Builder started out with one. Oh, that's, that's interesting. A, that's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No. It's one that I know that Microsoft's Bot Builder or, or Lewis or uh, I think that's I think they're one and the same, had for a very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I haven't ever haven't ever used that. That that is interesting. Um, me, me neither. I saw a presentation. <laughs> okay, so this, this, this conversation all talked about, started when I was talking about what I would really need. Well, one, I would like the um, built-in slot values, entity types, samples, phrases, or words to be listed so that we have an idea of what's right. there. That's, uh, that was kind of my first um, 
soapbox item. My next soapbox item was this, this list of, I'm doing this and I'm doing it fairly well as far as language model goes, but there is a limitation on what I understand or, and my mental model like ends at some point. And I don't feel like I am a master of language models um, in, in the least. And that there are some mysteries and things that aren't even really talked about. Cause I, it comes back to the, I feel like the words that I choose, the number of words that I, I, I choose, the number of samples that I give in any, any, and for any slot type affects how effective it is. And in some cases I could be overdoing it and, and uh, making it more closed or I could not be providing enough samples. I don't even know what enough samples is. Is it three? Is it 20? Is it a thousand? I, I don't know. what. And, the... I, and it's interesting to me because when I, I read your post on that, my reaction was why I, I, that was when it made me go, I feel like I'm missing something here because I wouldn't even begin to think about that as an issue on the dialogue flow or Google side. Now I'd think about that in terms of intents and making sure my phrases for, you know, I've got enough phrases for intents, but yes. not for entities. And I think part of the reason why is because um, I can choose whether to make it closed or open Right. And, and not worry even, about it. <laughs> and you can choose to make it in, in bounds or out of bounds by setting an intent context. Right. Everything, oh, is, right. everything is live for me. Everything's global. Right. There are collisions galore depending on what you do. So, okay. So hang on. This might be my mental model again, suddenly, suddenly shifting. So if I've, I have an intent and I've specified a bunch of phrases and I have specified particular slots in there that have this color uh, type. There's a chance that it will go match a completely different intent for that slot or a completely different type for that slot. If I've also matched fruit, for example, and omitted the one confused, and, and we will pretend for the moment that orange, orange is neither a color nor a fruit, just for the moment. <laughs> um, so if you've got two different slot, or you know, in your case entities, but if I have two different slot types that one's list colors and one lists fruit, and I use those in sentences, probably not. But there is a case where if one of my samples for my utterance, you know, and an utterance for my intent is just the slot value. So I want to be able to ask, like, what's your favorite color and be able to say blue Orange. or, yeah. or what's or your fruit. favorite fruit. fruit. And you say apple. Yeah. Blueberry. No, I don't know. I'm just joking. Um, so in order to get that slot only answer, then, then I'm opening myself up to uh, because the lists aren't closed right um so now i've got two things that in essence accept one word strings or i guess one or two word strings right basically yeah. and so if i were to then ask something and i answer something that's not in either list there's going to be a collision google's going i mean so amazon's going to need to be pick something to be the slot 
type that it decides it's going to resolve to. Uh -huh. So if I say um, pizza, then is this is it going to say that the slot type was a fruit, or is it going to say that the slot type was a color? And this is the crucial difference. And that was, I think, what I was not getting was that you have that that it will that it that it is open because on the Google side that will resolve to a no match. The intent won't match. It resolves to an, a no match intent. Yeah. So that yeah, that is something that's uh, th that is lacking. So everything is is um, live, and everything is <laughs> is is open ended. That I think is the the crucial crucial difference between the two. That I that yeah I didn't have my head wrapped around. Yeah. So no, that would be if I could say you know I want this intent to only be active during this you know context because we could with state then you can say, okay, I'm in this state and I'm asking for um, a color. Um, and, you know, if you say a color, then you get a color. And if you say something else that's not, then it matches to unhandled. And then you can say, oh, you know, ask the question again or, or something like that. But in the end, if under the covers, you have two different slot types that are really one or two word strings that are, you know, uh, simple words, <laughs> then you don't know which one it's going to map to. And so in, case, in some cases, you have to include both if you want to handle a um, slot only response. Very interesting. Okay. And I, I find that even more interesting looking at what Google did with Action Builder. Remember I said Action Builder, it gets more confusing that we've got parameters and slots and mm -hmm. there's some overlap. In Action Builder, you can say that a scene has slots to fill in in the scene. And you can say that a scene has intents. Yeah. And the intents can have parameters. So what it seems to do is if you say something, it will try to fit it into one of the slots. If it doesn't fit into one of the slots, it then tries to fit it into one of the intents. Okay. If it fits into one of the intents, then you do whatever the intent said, which could be to transition to another scene, which may or may not fill in the slots in that scene with the values of the parameters that just came from the intent. Okay. If that made sense to you, you're several steps ahead of me because I'm still, <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. And I, so I'm not even sure that I, what I said was entirely correct. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So when people say, Oh, you don't need, you know, Alexa doesn't need in, you know, intent context. You just, you can just define states. I'm like, no, <laughs> I, you obviously are not doing, you know, skills that are, are as, as involved or complex as, as what I've encountered because almost every skill I encounter some situation where um, sometimes there's collisions and if there's a collision and it resolves it one way, you cannot just assume that it's always going to resolve it that one way. Because the, the language model can be changed. Yeah, so the language model can be changed. Like you could add values to the language model or if it's, if it's an extension to something that, uh, that Amazon provides, then they could change it uh, or how they you know, rank things or you know, some algorithm behind the scenes or something and then you don't really, you don't really know. Um, 
you know, if it's as simple like I'm asking uh, five different yes, no questions, and in this context, it's yes, no for this, or okay, states, yeah, that works. That is, that's, that's, that's easy peasy, right? Some places but, it makes sense, but. But in some other cases, especially, and it, and it really gets it to the point where if you want to be able to have the user answer with like a one or two word answer without some sort of carrier phrase in front of it or behind it, which is just part of normal conversations, then you get into you get into this this area where it's problematic. Okay, all very interesting. And, Which, and so, so then says okay. So if I don't have control over what is in and out of context, or if the list is opened or closed, then the thing that I can I can configure is the number of words and what words I use, um, and yep. the number of samples to influence one way or another or another so now now your question makes sense to me and because it was that really was a totally foreign concept to me <laughs> so well and it's good to know because i'm just like can now besides just wanting intent context i want i want to be able to specify if my slot types are open or open closed. closed yeah <laughs> thanks amazon <laughs> Okay, everyone. So, so that was our, our past selves talking about it. We hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. So um, just let us know how things are going with uh, what you're doing with language models and your questions about it and, and success stories. We'd love to learn about what you're doing as well. And until next time, we're Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everybody. Take care.